This is it. This is a real start. We're here. Welcome to Do That Well. I'm Brenda Brown, and with me, my dear friend, Karen Thrall. Welcome to 2021. We've made it. (laughs) A fresh new year of Do That Well. And what better way to start off the new year than by talking about New Year's resolutions? So that will be our talk today, if it pleases you, Karen. It does. Let's do this. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So... In preparation for this episode, I was just looking into the roots of New Year's, looking at some stats, and I found a couple interesting things that I wanted to share with you. And the first thing that I found was that some form of a New Year's resolution in as a tradition actually dates back over 4,000 years ago to the ancient Babylonians, which I thought was very interesting. And they didn't do it in the same time. It wasn't January. It was at a different time of year. And it was based off of like their religious pagan gods and harvesting and seasons and things like that. But there there was sort of the start of what we now refer to as New Year's resolutions. And throughout the years, it really in ugh, In the beginning, the New Year's resolutions really did tend to revolve around religion and, you know, religious aspects. But now it's something that the secular world, most people do tend to embrace. (laughs) So I thought that was really interesting. The other thing that I found, and it gets a little, bear with me because it's a little hard to follow if you're not reading it, (laughs) but there was a study that was done that found that about 46% of participants who made a common New Year's resolution, such as weight loss or, you know, quitting smoking, only about 8% of those people actually succeeded. However, they were 10 times more likely to succeed if they made their New Year's resolution on New Year's versus people that made goals during other times Mm. in the year. Did it say why, why that happened? No, I had to pay extra to get that information. (laughs) I was only looking for the free stuff. (laughs) I don't want to know. I do not want to know anymore. That's all I want to know. (laughs) You know what it is? It's a conversation starter. Exactly. That's, that's, That's all I needed. It's a conversation starter. But I did think that was so interesting because I must say I'm a person that actually typically doesn't make New Year's resolutions, uh, but I do have a lot of friends that I know that do. And I think that that's always a question that I get asked around New Year's. What are your resolutions for this year? Mm -hmm. So I usually just kind of throw something out there like drink more water. That's always (laughs) a good thing to do, right? (laughs) What makes you not? Because I do. I have a theme. I have an entire theme for every year. So I already set my theme for 2021. So I kind of, what makes you not like I'm that? Yeah. I'm intrigued. So we're going to, we're going to have to talk about what you do, but for me, the reason what makes me not do a New Year's resolution, I think for me, I found that the minute I tell myself I can't have something I want it, or the minute I start thinking about something too much, it becomes that much harder where 
as I think if I just try to set my intentions daily throughout the year, I'm far more likely to succeed. So for example, the only times that I've ever tried to do any sort of weight loss or, you know, fitness program, it's like the minute I tell myself I can't have the cookie, like I only want to eat cookies. Whereas I nor- on a normal day, I might not even think about cookies. So that's that's why I don't like to set So is it confining? Does it confine you? You feel like don't control me to one resolution. I think it's the pressure. Like once I put the pressure on myself, then it actually does something. It's like reverse psychology where then I just don't want to do it at all. Hmm. So I have to, I can set light intentions, but I cannot set resolutions. Like do you do short term goals kind of thing? Would you have like for the next month or... I guess for me, I it's anything where it's a hard goal, which I know we will talk about yes, later on will. in this episode, but I think hard <laughs> goals are hard for me. I'm better with like intentions. So versus okay. saying I want to lose 10 pounds, like that is crazy mm. as far as me being able to achieve it. But if I say I want to be kind to one person a day, that's a much more achievable thing for mm. me to do. So anything where there's numbers involved or like a set timeline, I think for whatever reason, I find that very challenging. <laughs> oh, interesting. I I find uh, my themes are usually uh, character. They, they have to do with my character or an opportunity where I can grow. Like it's more about uh, maybe growing a mindset or maybe changing the way my perspective on something or giving myself a little more room to expand in an area. So I tend to have these themes of what do I, what do I crave? Like what's my hungry learning that I, so, okay, I'll, I'll dive right in. So my, my theme or my goal is I want to restore the warmth in me. And I really like that Karen a lot. And I went, where'd she go? Like, I really like her. And I feel like, I don't know if it was just a hard year of you know we all had to get through a really tough year and some way more than others for sure absolutely um I don't know if that caused me to kind of maybe to get deflated a bit I don't know I have no idea all I know is I went poof like I know exactly I know exactly what I want to grow and that's restoring my warmth so that's kind of my goals are usually like that you know is is similar to me then it's less about like a hard yeah. So I guess we could take this opportunity to tell the audience what we mean when we say a hard goal versus more yeah. of a soft goal. So for the purpose of this episode, we're sort of lumping New Year's resolutions into two buckets, the hard goals buckets and the soft goal buckets. And the hard goal is going to be anything that is maybe has a number attached to it or a very specific timeline. So it could be save $10,000. It could be lose five pounds. It could be go on a run every day for 30 days, things like that. Whereas a soft goal is something that's more like bring your warmth, be more Mm -hmm. compassionate, try to show Mm -hmm. kindness to somebody Mm -hmm. on a daily basis, check in with yourself every day at five. I don't know. (laughs) Things of that nature. Um, 
And it sounds like what we didn't know going into this episode and what we found out now is that both you and I tend to set more soft goals. So if you're a person that's a hard goal setter and listening to this, we will try to speak to you, but we might not have answers for you. <laughs> However, well, actually, I do both. There we go. Perfect. I do both. Even better. <laughs> professionally is where all my hard goals are. So as a person, that's my soft goals, but professionally, I have very, like, very specific hard goals that I want to accomplish in the year. So I kind of have two I like two it. People. Yeah. So if you go professional, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I know exactly what I want to see happen in 2021. So I don't know. But you're right. Like, for me personally, I, I don't know if I, I have that drive. I mean, I'd always love to play golf better, but that's like, you know, <laughs> I don't want that to be my goal. That's just, I always feel that way. <laughs> it doesn't change. Um, but I, yeah, my professional hard goals is where I tend to, I tend to go. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. And, you know, actually, now that you say that, I think that might be part of the reason that I tend to shy away from a hard goals when I think of New Year's resolutions, because in my professional life, I do tend to set harder goals. Yeah. I mean, like professional Brenda and real life Brenda. I don't know. I don't know who, I don't know who the other one is. That's not professional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it is interesting because it's true. There's, I, I really like the way you, when you set me the outline, how you had, we're going to talk about soft goals and hard goals and, that's perfect because it's true depending on your personality type or what's important to you the hard goal for 2021 might be the most important goal for for you and that's fantastic like for me it happens to be a soft goal but for you know for people who have like what you said very specific so it you know if their their goal is to learn how to save money you know that's a really that's actually if we go into why you know, regardless if it's hard or right. soft, there is a why. So why is your hard goal? And it will eventually have a soft answer. You know, because like, let's say it's, I, I really want to lose this 10 pounds. Why? Because I'm getting discouraged and, and it's causing me, it's affecting my confidence. Now we're in the soft goal, you know? So it, I wonder if they're really parallel because even like, I want to be warmer. Well, where do you want to be warmer? Right. With whom do you want to be warmer? And now, oh, right. What, which, which, with everybody, or is there a specific type of person or group? Or, and so I'm like, oh, right. So now I'm turning into a hard goal because now I'm, I'm giving myself so interesting. Uh, this, yeah. So you actually just made me think one of my good friends, and I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this. I, I won't say who she is, but she told me that a couple of her goals were to save money. She did have a specific amount that she wanted to save. And then she also said that she wanted to be on social media less and just be more mindful with her time in general. Mm -hmm. And then when she went into the social media and the time part of it, she was saying how a lot of times social media does encourage her to spend money that she doesn't need to spend. And so there is a correlation there between mm -hmm her soft goal of being on social media less and her hard goal of wanting to save money. Like they are related. And I thought that when I, she told me that I just thought that was such a cool thing because the goals are all serving each other. It's amazing. That was very yeah. nicely thought out goals, <laughs> resolutions on her side. <laughs> That's great. 
Yeah, I love that. It's so it, it's not there's no uh, it's not dualistic. You know, the soft and the hard actually are in harmony. They actually work together. You know, so that's kind of cool. It's not one or the other. It's yes and. It's both happening at the same time. You know, yes. so like my soft goal will have a practical outcome, and my practical goal will have a will have a, a soft outcome. You know, will have a a character outcome. So right, right. Boom. There we Love go. it. There We're we making go. discoveries, <laughs> learning things in the moment. So I did want to address, I think that New Year's resolutions are always difficult. I think anytime you set a goal, it's it's going to come with difficulty, right? Like that's why it's called a goal. It's something that you have to work towards. But I do think that this particular year going into 2021 setting new year's resolutions i do think that there are a few more like hurdles or you know if you will that we have against us because we are in a pandemic mm-hmm. and it's already affected the way that we live our lives in so many different ways but i was thinking that for myself even as we go into 2021 where do you find the motivation? I mean, so many of us are already so unmotivated because we're tired of it being a pandemic, which is obviously not something any of us can control, but here we are. <laughs> I know sometimes some people I know, they feel pressured to use the extra time that they might have on their hands for those people that aren't able to continue working through the pandemic. There's like this pressure. You have all this extra time. You should learn something new. But Maybe that's not what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And then also, I know that I can't be alone when I sit. My social media consumption has gone way up during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I can't. I I can't be alone in mm-hmm. in that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure that if we looked at some statistics, we would see that social media consumption. So, like up. you're saying, social media is distracting you. It's a distraction. It's becoming during 2020, social media became a distraction to the things that were most important to people, not just yeah. you. You're like you're using yourself as an example, but you're saying there's probably countless people who feel the same way. How did I get so consumed with social media and I lost myself along the way? Some, right. You know, yeah. Wow. And then I think with that comes, you know, social media, you're just sitting there looking at all of the highlights. It's not the lowlights of people's lives. It's the highlights, right? So we're only seeing all these good things. And then you see people on Instagram or Facebook and you're thinking to yourself, well, how come I don't have this good thing? And I think that that comparison game that we all love to play has just been fueled by how much social media (laughs) is, is being consumed right now. Anyhow. Well, I wonder too, like if social media is time consuming, how does somebody um, kind of wean themselves off of social media and so that they can focus on their goals? Like, I think that's a great point. Like if you're, where is time consumed that is a waste of time or maybe not a waste of time, just a, a lot of time, maybe more time than necessary and how do you wean yourself off of that? How do you how do you remove those things that are taking? They're just re, you want to replace it with your goals and your motivation and stuff like that. So I think that's a great that's a really good point. So 
okay, how, how, how? Yeah, and how? how do we do it? And, you know, I don't know that either of us has the answer necessarily, but I do think it's worth bringing up that these are some hurdles that I think are unique to this year and this climate of, you know, 2021 that might make achieving your New Year's resolutions a little bit more difficult yeah. than they might be in other years. Um, I know for myself, though, going back to the how, I literally have to, if I catch myself on social media on my phone or something, I literally, it's like I'm training a dog. I literally say out loud to myself, you're going to stop looking at this in five seconds. And then I count down from five and then I put down my phone or my computer or whatever it is. But it's just... I have to say it out loud. Otherwise, mm. I can't do it. I will just mm. keep scrolling. <laughs> cool. Um, so like for me, okay, so I'm not a fan of social media. So I, it's definitely not hard to not be on it for me because I, I only get on it when I go on it when I post. And then whatever's on the live feed in that moment is what I'll look at. And then I get off of it. And I don't have notifications coming in. So I don't have that. So the notifications will show up when I'm on there and I'll go look. So I'll go on, you know, maybe once a day. And then if there's notifications, great. And if not, there's not. And they're usually only when I post. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't, uh, I'm not a big fan of it. I don't know why, but I do love YouTube. And that's a form of social media. You know, like I'm, I'm fascinated by YouTube and I tend to go on rabbit trails every now and then, but I don't know why I don't, that's not my struggle for goal setting when it comes to motivation. However, I, I love where you're going with this because I do think there's a lot of people that can relate, right? And that's what we want, like relatable. And I think you're right. I think, I think there's a lot more people. And I think the discouragement that's coming from people that are looking, it's, you know, they just, it's, it's just feeding their, their system, but it's not always feeding them with something that really empowers them, you know? Right. So, right. Yeah. Um, I know on, on the motivation side, I, I think what works is for me is answering why, you know, that whole Simon Sinek, you know, if you start with the why question that really works for me. So I go like <clears throat> warmth, why do I want warmth to be stronger than it's ever been in 2021. And I have reasons for that. So um, one of the reasons is it it's going to allow me to be way more present. And that's what really hit me. Like when I practiced it, I wanted to see, well, so if warmth equals present, what does present look like? And all of a sudden I became so aware of every person around me. I became very aware of the beauty around me, like the waves, the noise, the puppy, the, you know, the, I was just so like, wow, like I'm aware that that coffee shop owner sweeping his, his uh, front entrance way of this little, you know, local coffee shop. And I was like, he's really proud of his little boutique coffee shop and he takes care of it. Like everything came, I was like everything. I was really aware of the birds and the conversations they were having, you know, I was like, what are they talking about? They're so noisy. And so I found for me, why do I want to be warm is it brings me back to focusing on more than a pandemic, more than the frustration, the discouragement, all that. So that why, so maybe even for social media, if weaning 
if, if people are out there going, man, I'd love, I totally relate with you, Brenda. I wish, I wish I wasn't on social media. I get you, girl. I get you. I get you. It's like, well, why do you want to walk away from social media just a little bit, even 10% too? Like, what is it? Do you, like, what's the deeper reason? And I think that's the motivation is when we find out what the deeper reason, the motivation comes from there. I don't know if you can get motivated. Like even when I train people, and the whole thing of you can believe in it or you can behave, you know, I don't, I don't know if you remember at Fluvog, I was really big on, you know, if you know why, like when you were manager, if your team knew why you wanted them there 10 minutes early and they really understood why, and they believed in with you on the why, instead of I have to be there 10 minutes or I behave. So goals, you, you don't have to do a goal. You just got to believe in the goal, you know? You got to believe in it and you have to know why for you to actually believe in it. I don't remember that from being at Fluvog, but I really like it. (laughs) I wish I hadn't forgot it because that's really sage wisdom there. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) I, I am curious, Karen. Do you do you find that you do have moments though where you aren't being warm or you know you, all of a sudden you find yourself being in a really low place and all the warmth is gone and I I imagine the answer is yes maybe it isn't but when you are in those places what do you have a trick or what do you do to get yourself back on track Okay so I just started this goal <laughs> I'm only 4 days in so <laughs> Ask me in six months. <laughs> but why, why I launched this goal was because I was spiraling. I wasn't staying in the warmth. I was really getting triggered or um, distracted or annoyed more easily or rolling my eyes or just feeling maybe a frustration sometimes. And I was, I didn't like that Karen. And so I went, so when I was finishing 2020, I didn't like that kid. I don't know why my hand, I don't know why I'm circling my hand. (laughs) This is me. This is me. And I'm circling my face. (laughs) I don't know why, why am I doing this? That's a little Karen. (laughs) So anyways, so yeah, I just didn't, I didn't like this. And so I went, this has got to stop because I don't like me. And if I don't grab hold of it, where could this possibly go? It can't surely go higher. (laughs) So I just, it was like, I was confronting myself. So on that one, that is why it's my motivation for 2021 is because yes, I was finding myself losing it, losing, not losing, like losing it, but like losing the warmth that I really love about myself. And it was like a wake up call. (laughs) So yeah. Awareness. Yeah. Yeah. So, but however, on other goals, so remember like um, four years ago when I did all that uh, training on anger and really like wanting to empower my voice and to not have such a reaction, an emotional reaction, it was something that was really important to me. And going back to therapy to find out like what causes that once in a while, I'll go from zero to a hundred, what causes that? That was an incredible goal. That was a life-changing goal. And I didn't always do it right because I was being trained. My goal was training me to act differently, think differently, 
have a different perspective, respond differently. So I, it was like a new muscle that I was like, Oh, so yeah, I don't think I had it a hundred percent for sure. Didn't, but eventually, you know, eventually I was able to, um, yeah, but, uh, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I think stay at it. Just stay at it. When, when you make a mistake, it's okay. Like just, it doesn't mean the goal is finished. It just, you just go, Oh, oops, oops. <laughs> and you just, but you want the goal so badly. It's just an oops. You know, it's not, it's not a final thing, final blow. Right. Like I do think that that is something that holds people back a lot of time when they are making New Year's resolutions and goals, like the first time that they slip up, they'll just get so discouraged or so self-deprecating that it, you know, it if they don't just give up in, in its entirety that first time, it's like every time they make a mistake, they're so hard on themselves that the next thing you know, they've just let go of the goal. Yeah. Or it's just no longer an enriching experience. And that's not the point of it, right? A New Year's resolution or a goal, it should be something that's enriching you and making you better and not something that makes you feel bad about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's the shaming thing, you know, and, and I mean, Brene Brown, if you're looking for material on shaming, yeesh, she's good. She's really good. So if, if anybody's going, what does she mean by shame? Just go Google Brene Brown shame and you'll get a, just a truckload of, of just valuable, valuable insights. It's so, so inspiring. Um, I think too, with that is, okay. So in golf, um, my coach, her name is Jerry O'Hara amazing golf coach. Okay. Shout out to Jerry. Um, when I started working with her, I really wanted to break a hundred. The goal, I, my goal was to break a hundred and she goes, it's, that's not the goal. Your goal is not to break a hundred. Your goal is this ball right here. Where do you want it to go? This, where do you want this ball to go? And look, tell me, I want this ball to go there. Where do you want this ball to go there? That's your goal, not the score. And then when you're and every ball, that, that is what really matters. But I think sometimes our, we're so, we get, I, anybody, me, uh, obsessed on that ultimate goal. We don't see the progress, the incremental progress. So that was a big learning curve for me to let go of the ultimate goal, the ultimate score, to let go of every score. Like she says, you do not tally your score till the end of the game. No, I want to go. Okay. Okay. If I get a par, if I get I'll drop me. Okay. If I do a birdie here, if I put this in two, and I was so obsessing just for the score and she goes, there is no score this ball. And I think that's really wise insight for just goals. Like it's the end, it's the wins everyday win. You know, every day I can win, I can do something, you know, and I'm going to reprogram my life. I'm going to make a good decision and it's going to be okay. You know? And I think too, we make unrealistic goals. Sometimes we make them a little bit too grandiose. Like it's good to go. How realistic is this goal that I'm setting forth? It's not always, you know, but just because we want it so badly, but it may not take a year, you know, it might take, but that's discouraging. You know, I don't want to say my goal is going to be five years. Well, you know, university, right. To get a degree takes four, you know, right. like sometimes goals aren't a year long and it's more like, what is my goal today? And that can get me to that ultimate goal that might help in motivation, you know? I like that. Yeah. And it, it reminds me of when we did our pursuing your dreams mm-hmm. series, because we did talk a bit about rather than focusing on the big picture, 
breaking it into smaller pieces so that it can be a bit more attainable rather than letting yourself only see this big lofty goal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're right. I mean, we'd love it if people went back and listened to that series because it is, it does parallel the New Year's resolution in some regards. Yeah. Um, I was really, I really liked this thing you said that only 8% of people who make a New Year's resolution can achieve it. And it's like, oh, like, like, how does that, why, you know, what, what happens? Cause that's real. And to the point where it's a joke, like there are so, so many comedians and there's so many memes out there about New Year's resolutions that are just hysterically funny because of that, you know, like, like sometimes they just crack me up, you know, they'll go, oh, that lasted four hours, you know, (laughs) oh, well, (laughs) already broken. It's only January 1st at noon, you know, (laughs) and so I just, it's so true, you know, it's so true that we have, we, if there, what is that? thing in us well I can't help but wonder if it has to do with what you were just saying that maybe people are making they aren't being realistic with their goals I hate to say it because it makes me sound a little bit like a you know a a Debbie Downer but I wonder if people aren't being realistic with themselves when it comes to their goal setting and what they Mm. you know can actually achieve Mm. okay and that got me thinking this thought (laughs) <laughs> I it is it performance anxiety is it the pressure the pressure and then because I know <laughs> I if you put pressure on me my performance goes way down like if I were to do something and you hovered over me I I, I I'm going to feel that uh that I'm, now I'm now I'm performing and I wonder is it a is it a performance anxiety like you're You've performed like, on stage. What does like what is performance anxiety look like for you? Or have you ever had it? Have you ever had performance anxiety? Performance anxiety for me is like I'm about to poop my pants. <laughs> okay. And... <laughs> uh... <laughs> but you know, in all actuality, that's what it felt like. It just it I would get nervous and like feel sick, you know. Um... And then, of course, once I start doing the thing, it was then it was exhilarating and fun, and I found my energy. But that moment before I would start performing, where I was waiting for lights to come up on the stage, or you know, for my grand entrance or whatever it may be, I always just felt sick, hmm. <laughs> which was probably a manifestation just of me being very nervous and. Yeah you know, I know people are going to, all the eyes are going to be on me. That's a lot of pressure. So. Yeah. It's it's that thing of um, the fear of failing. Right. Like, you know, have you heard the thing? There is no, uh, there is no failure. There's only mistakes. You know, you hear a lot of that training, but this going in, it seems like such a great feat. And then as soon as you become weak, as soon as there's a weak moment, is it associated with failure? Oh no, I'm failing. I see, see, I can't. And it's then this, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I can't even do a week. I couldn't even do a week. Like 
who am I kidding? You know, or, or just, I don't know. I think it's something, I think it's very real. And that's what right. you were saying about social media. It's very real. And it's not so, it's not so, it's not always inspiring and exciting and motivational. I think it's very, very real. And it's, it's, it, if it wasn't real, it wouldn't be 8%. There wouldn't be an 8% success ratio. Right. Which is, but they were yeah. 10 times more likely to do their goal See, love that. during that time of year. So I did think that was interesting. If you're going to set a goal, do it on New Year's. I love that. <laughs> you're more likely to succeed. Yeah, I love that. See, look at that. That's what you were saying earlier about intention. My intentions, people make intentions 10 times more on January 1st or New Year's Eve. 10 times mm-hmm. more, they have an intention. How does the intention stay in the intention of the goal and and see every day like I was saying about golf every day is a victory dance it may not be the ultimate victory dance but it's still a victory dance you know and if I can use golf now and now I'll do oops (laughs) (laughs) sport the the self-talk I I would say to myself when I didn't do a good shot Oh man, the negative self-talk that no one could see, but it was inside my head was massive because at first I'd be okay. The first mistake and then the second mistake and then the third mistake, then I'm like, okay. And now, now I'm deflated. And I just, I just watched my game just disappear. So it was not the goal. It was the self-talk. I started creating a narrative in my head and, and that's what Jerry kept trying to work with me. Just this shot. This is it. And when it's over, you go to the next, just this shot. But I was accumulating all the shots and going, okay, no, I'm this, I'm, I'm, this is a bad game. I forget it. I quit. You know, I give up. So it's very, it actually parallels really well with this 8% mm-hmm. success, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and again, like that whittling it down, yeah. smaller pieces, smaller pieces, and eventually yeah. you'll have the whole pie. Okay. And I have another thought. <laughs> um, how, how are we doing on time? Are we at? Uh, we're at. 35. Okay. We're almost out of time, but what do you got? (laughs) You sound excited. I want to hear what you have to say. Okay. (laughs) Going back to when you asked me about, um, it's not always easy. Okay. So last year, one of my hard goals was to write that book, the allegories. And I was really diligent. I mean, I had a little system I filled out and I got 15 chapters and got it done. I asked my sister to edit it. She went through it and she's a great editor and I asked my dad to illustrate it. So he was illustrating it and it was really coming to life. And I went, all right, I've got to take this to a professional and see what they think. And it did not get a good response. He was so forthright with me and I needed it. It was brutally honest. He told me, I don't know who your audience is. Uh, you change the way you write. You bring in, you confuse me sometimes. Um, you're actually t- sometimes telling me the answer when I thought you didn't want us to have an answer. I mean, it was brilliant, the stuff he was giving me. And and he, he just gave me some hard reality facts, hard truths. And I knew I had to lay it down. And this was in the fall so this year, September, I think. And I went, okay, round two, round one is over. And I didn't reach my ultimate goal. But I did write 15 chapters of allegories. Come on, Karen. <laughs> Come on. And, huge. But I, I had to remind myself, look at what you have done right. 
look at what you, cause he didn't say to stop. He said, you're okay. So then I, I woke up the next morning. I went, all right, what's missing. I went, I need to learn how to professionally write. I need the skill of writing now. So I have the base. I just have to fix it and make it congruent and make it flow and all these things. I don't know how to do. I've never done it. I've written a book before. So it was really cool. So yes, I didn't get my ultimate goal, but look how far I arrived. And if I only arrived to 10 out of 100, I'm not, I'm 10 steps closer to 100 than I was a year ago. I think things like that, you know, so I went, all right, 2021, my hard goal is round two. And I kind of let go of the finale again. I, again, I guess my mind just naturally goes to the finale. <laughs> so I got to stop doing that. But um, yeah, so round two is I'm going to I'm going to take courses in 2021 and, you know, and just kind of fine tune my skills so I can keep going with this. And then, you know, we'll see where I'm at 2021, but the goal is still alive and well. It's just, I put a lot of expectation and pressure on myself. So there are rounds. Sometimes there's round one, round two, round three. <laughs> and to be kind to yourself that it's not always so quick and easy. Right. Yeah, that go- that's the compassion that we were talking about yeah. earlier. Yeah. And not only focusing on that, the voice that we all have that tells us we're not succeeding yeah. in the way that we think we want to or think we are able to. That is to. so cool. Huh. Anyhow, yes. this has really been fun. Yeah. I've enjoyed talking about New Year's resolutions with you, Karen. And I personally have learned quite a bit about goal setting. And I, you know, I actually feel a little compelled to make some New Year's resolutions now. <laughs> We're four days in. There's yeah, still time. That's right. That's right. Ho- hopefully we've inspired some of you to make New Year's resolutions too, if you haven't already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and little goals. It's okay. Little, little New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Just little, tiny ones. Just, just, little, just little ones. <laughs> and, then, and then you add them together and then they become this awesome piece of art. I don't know. But don't add them together in a negative way, though. No. Not in the way if you're not reaching them. You can you get to add them together when you're yes. having passion for yourself. Yes. Yes. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the time we have. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you again next week.